podcast world what's up chad belling back at you another episode of this life ain't for everybody again thank you all so much for the continued growth we love getting all the comments the questions keep loading us up with guests you want to see topics you want discussed and we will handle it for you we've had a lot of discussion on the fight game lately scott shaleen who's in the boxing world with his family at university of nevada reno which is one of the top boxing programs in the country we discussed the boxing game, the science of boxing. We discussed MMA. We discussed U- discussed UFC. And then Joey Gilbert came in here. He's a former world champion. He was on the Contender Show. He's an attorney now, but he has a ton of boxing knowledge. And my guest today is no different except that she is a female, but not just any female in the fight game. She is Kelly Parati. You guys have heard her here before. She owns Conviction MMA in the reno nevada area which that might be changing names soon i guess and she is a two-time world champion jiu-jitsu she's a second degree brazilian jiu-jitsu and what do you call it you're a second degree brazilian jiu-jitsu that's all you say right yeah second degree black belt second degree black belt brazilian jiu-jitsu yes and which it's very hard to achieve this it's 10 years at least just to get the first one, eight to 10 years? Yeah, about. You know, there's some people doing it a little bit faster, but back in the day, you know, at least when we, when I started jujitsu, which was about 18 years ago, um, you know, it definitely takes in that, you know, 10, 10 year time frame or so. It took me 11 years to get my black belt. Uh, you know, but now obviously just like anything, the sport is growing, the, the information uh, is more readily accessible. Uh, the coaching, the teaching has gotten better. So, you know, the time isn't taking as long for some people, but there is still a minimum requirement for people, you know, trying to get their black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And the sport is, it, it keeps you honest. You know, there's, you can't, you can't, uh, hide behind your belt. If you, you know, you could, if you didn't train, but you know, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's still very old school. You better be able to back up the color that's around your waist for sure. Meaning, if you got in a scrap or in a in a tournament style fight. Yeah, in a turn in a tournament, or if say I were visiting and traveling, and I went in, I walked into another Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. You know, I don't want to be a purple belt or a brown belt getting whooped up by blue belts. So, so you got to be able to back it up. Yeah, for sure. And what does it mean to when you start saying? Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt if you look if you study jiu-jitsu Brazilian is one of the newer forms of jiu-jitsu historically yes there's Mm -hmm. there over in Asia jiu-jitsu was formed yep Japanese style jiu-jitsu and then we transitioned into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu so has Brazil is it safe to say that is it or is it disrespectful to say at all that Brazilian jiu-jitsu has become the leading authority in jiu-jitsu like if you Absolutely. It has. Yeah. So so Japanese jiu-jitsu 10, 15 years ago maybe would have been more at the top rung and then Brazilian jiu-jitsu gained all this momentum or how does it happen? Yeah, I think in, in popularity, obviously the Gracies are who really made jiu-jitsu popular in America. You know, so when even now when people talk about jiu-jitsu, you know, that's going to be more of the household name would be Gracie jiu-jitsu. Uh, I originally started with one of one of the Gracies and uh, but now because of the sport growing, the innovators, the the other people that are training in jujitsu, you know, there are new organizations, new head people, uh, bigger names out there. And uh, 
so you know it's definitely changing for sure but is the Japanese art form of jiu-jitsu still relative in the fight game? Is it, or is Not it, in the fight game, no. No. Is it just something that's practiced there mainly? Is there is there Japanese yeah, jiu-jitsu I mean, in the States now? I think, I think it's the appreciation of the styles of martial arts. If you were to look at martial arts as a whole and you go back to traditional martial arts and you see people doing katas or forms... And that um, that represented a, sim- a simulation of fighting. You know, we look at that now and go, oh, my gosh, that's so silly or that's hokey. But that is the beginning of martial arts. You know, people were doing forms and that was supposed to simulate somebody being in a fight, blocking a punch, doing a kick and. Uh, you know, but now that's become more of the aesthetic side of martial arts. It's the traditional form of martial arts. So now we look at something like Taekwondo or, you know, a form based system and we say, okay, you know, it did teach that discipline, right? It teaches discipline. It teaches balance. It teaches the understanding of what it is that you're actually doing, teaching somebody relaxation, explosion. Um, but if they're outside in a parking lot and they want to do practical martial arts, they're not going to bust out a kata, right? Uh, so we've evolved just like any sport. Any, if you look at, um, you know, in, in America, we use the term martial arts or we'll use the term karate. Uh, karate is a, you know, a Japanese style art, right? Taekwondo is a Korean art. Uh, if you get into the logistics of martial arts, they all have their different forms. Um, we generalized the term in America, karate, people think karate, but you know, it's all kinds of different styles. If you go inside that, that particular martial arts school, um, but they've all evolved just like basketball. You look at basketball in the seventies, you look at basketball. Now you're like, holy crap, these people are flying clear across the court, you know, slam dunk, spinning around, you know, gymnastics, um, martial arts is the same thing. We've evolved to practical martial arts and those three practical martial arts are going to be Thai boxing, jujitsu and wrestling. I think when it comes to MMA, um, but now you'll also see that they're still incorporating that traditional kicking, the Taekwondo kicking. So you look at the Anthony Pettises, um, the people, uh, or even Paige Van Zant, right? Um, knocking people out with the spinning kick, you know, those traditional kicks, they came from Taekwondo. You know, people are just like, oh man, this is actually effective. A side kick is effective. A front kick is effective. A spinning wheel kick is effective if done right and with proper timing. So in that, but those are Taekwondo and karate moves, which are part of MMA and mixed martial arts. Yeah, absolutely. But that is a traditional, that was a traditional art that's been around for years and years and years. So is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu considered a, the same kind? Is it on the same level as traditional? It's been around for, for years. I mean, for how many, when did it come into existence? I'm not asking, but do you think, is it a century old? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu did the. I know the Gracies and Royce and all the guys who came, you know, made the UFC famous. They mm-hmm. they were you know that was 1990, 91, 92, 93 when the UFC was getting yeah, its starts absolutely. and its roots. But are we talking that this is a form of a traditional form of martial arts that that you know dates back to the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s? Yes, we could Google it right now, but I would say yes. You would say Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. So, but Japanese jiu-jitsu has been around way longer. 
Yes, correct. So, so it 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 came from that, from Japanese style jujitsu, and then the Brazilians got a hold of it and took it to a completely different level. If you look at uh, Japanese style jujitsu, then it's going to be more stand ups and throws, and very similar to judo, so to speak. Um, the Brazilians took it and just evolved with it on the ground. So we're moving forward. So I'm looking at it right now, and it's saying that. History of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, so in 1897, it was in Japan. Correct. And I don't know if we're going to be able to, I don't know if we'll be able to find the exact year, but we're close right now. I don't know how close we are. I really don't. It's, you know, in every martial art, like if you look, uh, they all kind of have their evolutions and where they came from. You know, you have people that studied Tang Sudo and Taekwondo. Tang Sudo and Taekwondo are very similar, you know, but just two different arts. You know, they probably derive from the same style. They, they derive from the same style, but you're saying that Japanese jiu-jitsu is a completely different style than Brazilian. 1925, Brazilian Well, jiu-jitsu. not completely different. Not, not okay, completely so 1925... Omori opened the first jiu-jitsu yes. judo school in Brazil in 1925. He taught a number of individuals, including Luis Franco later. Mitsuo Maeda mm-hmm. was one of the five of the Kokon's top groundwork experts. Okay, so 1925, we're talking, okay, now we can get on the, on the, on the right track. So we're almost there, right? So 1925, we're almost a century old yes. of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Is it, is it harder to become... Black belt in Brazilian than it is in Japanese jiu-jitsu today? I'm not familiar with with how long it takes with with Japanese-style jiu-jitsu, but with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I would say yes. In most traditional martial arts, if you were to look at a Taekwondo or any of the traditional martial arts schools out there now, it takes somebody an average of, you know, four years, three to five years to get their black belt. Um, and with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's just not that way. It's not possible. You know, you have maybe your BJ pens that were prodigies and did it fairly quickly, but that's one, that's a special case, you know, so. Do you, do you think that in today's world of MMA and mixed martial arts that the fighters that do have the background Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I don't see it utilized a lot like you would if you had it. A lot of, obviously, there's a lot of different forms of fighting. There's a lot of stand-up. There's a lot of kicks. There's a lot of martial arts. There's a lot of boxing. There's a ton of wrestling. Um, it seems to me that, and I might be way off here, is is it more of a status thing in MMA now to have it than to use it? Because it seems like it's not used as much as you would think if you have those skills as a fighter, where if you go into a gi or a no gi contest of jiu-jitsu and you watch a jiu-jitsu tournament, which obviously it's going to be all jiu-jitsu, those matches are going to be all jiu-jitsu. When you go into an MMA fight, people that have backgrounds, Cowboy Cerrone, BJ Penn in his early days used a lot of jiu-jitsu with, you know, getting arm bars and getting chokes and submissions on guys like Matt Hughes or whoever he was and in Damian the Maya. Damian Maya. There, wow, he's amazing to watch perform jiu-jitsu. But it just seems to me like a lot of the fights you watch now with the explosion of Khabib or McGregor and John Jones and these guys, they have backgrounds in jiu-jitsu. 
but there's not a lot of it being utilized in my opinion. Even like Cowboy who always stressed yeah. jiu-jitsu, he's doing more hands and more stand-up and more leg kicks, taekwondo, judo type of, type of things. Well, even now, just within 10 years, I mean, I trained with Jackson in 2010 and uh, even then the jiu-jitsu wasn't what it is now. You know, that was right at the same time that a bunch of the girl boxers were all shifting over to MMA. So Holly was just stopping boxing and jumping over into MMA. Uh, so her she had no ground game. Uh, and the jujitsu we did was MMA style jujitsu. Because you have to remember, when you throw punches into the equation, jujitsu becomes very different, right? For MMA, you know, in if you were to watch a jiu-jitsu tournament, you know, being being in the guard, like, that's a great position. It's an offensive position. I've got arm bars. I've got triangles. I've got sweeps. I'm, I can score from that position. Um, but in MMA, you're on the bottom and you've got somebody striking striking you that has gravity on their side. Like, this is not a good position in MMA. So jiu-jitsu in MMA is completely different than regular strictly jiu-jitsu. Now, it's the age old thing. You have a black belt in jujitsu that is in MMA. They jump in there, they get punched, you know, hit hard a few times. They turn into a brown belt. They get hit a few more times, they turn into a purple belt. And before you know it, they're a white belt and their jujitsu is not working. So, like, you have to be proficient, but you have to be proficient in all areas of the sport. That's why it's called mixed martial arts. You can't have somebody come in there doing, you know, just being a black belt in jujitsu and thinking that they're going to be able to rely on that. The only person, the only sport that I would say that could maybe jump in there would be a wrestler because they have a choice. Yeah. They know how to defend a takedown if they if they don't want to go to the ground, and they know how to take somebody down if they want to go to the ground. So, um, you know, I think wrestler wrestling's like the missing the missing link. Yeah, well, if you don't have a background wrestling, you're going to struggle. In yeah, MMA. absolutely. You really are. Like even John Jones has, which his stand up is so unorthodox and so amazing to watch. But his background is wrestling. Yeah, he was an NCAA or a Division two or an NJ. Maybe he was a junior. He college didn't wrestler. have any jujitsu. I think I gave him his first jujitsu gi when we were in really? in Jackson's. Yeah, nobody. When I was at Jackson's, nobody trained in a gi except for Diego Brandao was there. Um, crazy little Brazilian guy. I don't know if you remember him. He fought UFC. Uh, I don't remember. Super him. cool dude. Um, but. Uh, Little guy, so he was kind of closer to my size, but we were the only ones that put a gi on and would do jujitsu in a gi. Now, Jackson's has evolved, and a lot of them now, they cross-train at the Gracie Baja in Albuquerque with Tusa. So, you know, they're getting, they're they're respecting the sport of jujitsu, and they're putting a gi on. Where before they used to not, you know, people will argue all the time with, you know, why am I going to put a, a gi on? to train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, why wouldn't I just do no gi? Um, but jiu-jitsu uh, is, it was designed in a gi and it will make your game of jiu-jitsu better. I always tell everybody, if you train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you decide that you're going to just do Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a gi and you train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're just going to do no gi, I will have this argument with everybody every single time the relevance of jujitsu and how it works. Somebody that trains in just a gi can take that gi off and put, you know, no gi rash guard on and go in and they'll be fine doing Brazilian jujitsu, right? 
they would be fine doing the no-gi. They'll be okay. Somebody that trains just in no-gi and does not train in the gi and isn't up to date and relevant with the times in jujitsu, they are going to struggle. They're going to struggle. And so there is an appreciation for the gi and a respect for the gi. That is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So when you say a respect for the gi, respect for the black belt, respect for the, the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. how staunch are they with, if you, I'm just, at, I'm just thinking out loud is if you go out and get a DUI and you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu or you go out and get in a bar fight and you get arrested or beat the shit out of somebody and get arrested, does, does Atos or the Gracies or anybody, do they have like a, a list of standards that they hold a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or brown belt or purple belt to that if you do get something going wrong that's unorthodox, you know, that's unethical or something in your personal life that you will forfeit that belt ever? Because it seems to me like if you're carrying the responsibility of being a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt that they would not want you in society acting and i know that part of the dis- di- yeah. the part of the discipline is respect and it's mm-hmm. and it's respecting others and respecting the fight respecting your opponent um does any of that kind of stuff happen or is it just kind of once you have a black belt you're out on your own well once you have a black belt you've earned that black belt so it's very hard to take that black belt away um you could get kicked out of your association but that's going to be based off of who you're with and what they feel is appropriate, you know, for your measures, you know, I think it's like any sport, you know, we all, uh, I think Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a little bit different because we're not as publicized or televised. Like we've got our stars of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and they're starting to be more recognizable. You know, my head professor, uh, Andre Galval, uh, very well respected in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world. You know, some people, you know, most people know him now. Before, it was just people would recognize the Gracie name, Hoist Gracie, Hicks and Gracie. Um, but now in jiu-jitsu, you know, Andre Galval is the man. You know, he is a five-time ADCC champion, um, multiple world and pan champion. I mean, he is the innovator of jiu-jitsu. People can argue that all day long. And, uh, you know, in jujitsu, he's a household name, but to the average person on the street that doesn't train and doesn't know jujitsu, they probably don't recognize his name. And so I would say with MMA, it's a little bit different because everything's very publicized in the media a little bit more than say jujitsu yet, but we're getting there, you know, you, you, I'm taking notes because I want to, I really want to understand like all of a sudden in my mid forties, you know, being around you and being around and all of a sudden I have this like fascination with doing it. And I see this, you hear about this with, you know, um, the, the, the chef, Anthony Bourdain that passed. Yes. He did it late in life. Yes. Vince Vaughn has done it late in life. And it's almost like it gets you to where it, it becomes a challenge, but it also becomes one of of health and wellness and respect and discipline yes. and brain clarity and mental stability. Keanu Reeves does it. Keanu Reeves, all these, but they all have picked it up mm-hmm. later in life. Yeah. Almost to where they are not ever going to achieve uh, a world championship. They might, if they go in the competition, but it's not all Absolutely. about competition, but it's more about that, that, that part of that being part of that discipline that you have performed all of those different attributes that it takes to get it. And when you hear that it takes 10 years, the first thing that goes off in your head would be, Oh, no way. I wouldn't even try that. 
that's too long. That's way out of touch. But these guys are doing it. And once they get it they're they, the, the respect that they have for it is amazing to me. So now I'm seeing myself like, like, like say, what's man, this I, about? Yeah. Should I, yeah. What's this about? Should I get into it? What is, what sense well, does this jo- make? Joey did a class just two weeks ago. He came back in and did some jujitsu. I mean, he's a boxer and he was like, okay, maybe I'm going to try this now. Cause Ayala's doing it. You know, his daughter, she's pretty awesome. Uh, huh? So she's a stud stud. Um, you know, with jujitsu, I think what it allows, it, it allows the average person to come in and feel athletic. Uh, jujitsu for me, I've been doing martial arts for 25 years, jujitsu for 18 and, uh, you know, 24. Uh, and so I sit there and I go, for me, I fell in love with jujitsu because I'm not that big of a person, right? So if I'm a 135 pound girl and I stand toe to toe and want to throw blows with a 135 pound man, right? Uh, that man is going to be stronger than me. It's just who we are. I am a woman. He is a man. We are made up different. And you know what? And you know, I am strong. I'm in good shape. Like I'm physically, maybe not like most women, right? But I still also am realistic. And I understand that a man is stronger than a woman physically. And punching wise is going to punch me harder than I'm going to punch him, right? If we're both trained and we're both knowledgeable in the sport, right? Uh, It's different with jujitsu. You know, I watched Pedro Sauer just manhandle and he's like a, a small dude, you know, like 150 pounds, 160 pounds. And um, I saw him manhandle a 200 pound dude, like no problem. And for me, I was like, I need to learn that sport because it levels the playing field for me. And what I think happens is a lot of people come in and they start to learn it. And it, it like attracts all different people. You know, for me, um, you know, I say people that are super smart love jujitsu because there's so much going on and it's a very thinking man sport. But then I also say like people with ADD, like me, love jujitsu because I can have five tabs open at once, right? Uh, In the beginning, when you're first learning, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. So there is that little time period where the people have to be patient and kind of learn it. But you start to kind of get this bug for it and you, and you just want to keep coming back and learning. And before you realize it, five years have gone by, you're a purple belt, almost a brown belt. And you're like, man, I'm not stopping now. But what does it take? What, if you're telling me from somebody that's achieved what you have, telling somebody that has never been in a gi or never been on the mat, never been in a class, am I going to get my ass kicked for the next 60 months to get to that five-year bill? Like I'm not stopping now. Am I going to be put in harm's way? Do you have to go out and do things that will make you regret this? Like, what does it entail? Is it all on the mat and you're just learning moves and you got to master those disciplines and those moves and those techniques 
And once you start to do that, you get your next belt and then you keep, you keep growing and growing into it. Or is there, is it something to where you go out and you're asked to do, put your body in different, you know, different examples of harm's way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is like, it, Absolutely. It can't, it, yeah, you, because it's scary. Cause you're watching and you're like, man, if like, if you watch, you know, the world championships or you watch those different matches or even like the ones that I sent you, it's a different me than what you're used to seeing. Right. I'm like coming at you right? Hard. Or if you watch, you know, a black belt match at that high level, you're like, man, I don't want to do that. I'm going to get, you know, my ass handed to me, right? It's scary. Um, and you're, um, very intimate, you know, you're rolling around with another human, you know, and then it's this, you know, then the ego comes into play, right? Um, but in now with jujitsu and the schools that are out there, I always tell everybody, if you're interested in jujitsu, the best thing to do is to walk in to that gym, watch a class, feel the vibe. I'm a super energetic person. I feel like you can walk in and you can know where you're going to feel safe and where you're not going to feel safe. Um, understand the program. Understand the instructors that are teaching you and where their lineage is from and how long they've been training in the sport. Now, uh, you know, Andre and Angelica have done such a great job with the, with the Atos Jiu-Jitsu Association that they've created a white belt program. So this is 18 classes for brand new students, and they're not even doing any live rolling. So they're coming in, they're learning the movement of jiu-jitsu, the understanding of the sport, you know, your objectives from different positions. Uh, you get a taste for it. You get to kind of move around, but you're not like getting thrown into the swimming pool and expected to swim. Um, so it's, I think it really depends on where you go and who your instructor is going to be, but most schools are starting to understand if they want to, uh, cater to the general public, you need to create a system where people can come in and feel safe and not feel like they can, they can do this sport and not feel like they're going to be put in harm's way or just get smashed and pancaked, you know, all the way till the end. You know, that's what I went through. If you, (laughs) if you, things have changed the way to where it's a little bit more beneficial for a newbie to come into this game. Yes, absolutely. What are the benefits that, and I, I like this, this conversation going this way because now I can really see, you know, of why I wanted to sit down with you because what are the benefits? Tell me, give me an example of how you live your life. No life is perfect. No life is going to be, you know, I don't want you to sugarcoat it. You have just as much stress in life, owning a business with family, with, with kids, with whatever you face in life. It's there. Jiu-jitsu doesn't make that go away, but it could help you with the way you deal with that. It can do a lot of things um, to the effect of helping you manage your time better, organizational skills better, things of that nature that really you have to have a clear head or a clear understanding of if you are going to take the first step of going into the lifestyle, you have to have a why. And that's really a lot of the reasons I, uh, the real, a lot of the decisions I make in my personal life or my business life. Now I'm learning what is my why. If I'm going to go out on a Friday night and, and party with my friends, I want to know what the why is. I don't just want to go get hammered just to get hammered like you do when you're 22 because there's really no why. 
-hmm. And it takes maturity to understand that even when you're 22, there is no why except for the good time of it. So I'm trying to make more clear headed decisions of I really want there to be a why behind a lot of the decisions I make and have a clear mind in making those decisions. So before I would go down a road of saying, I'm going to commit because this is a big commitment. Oh yeah. It's for sure. For somebody that's in business and somebody that travels and somebody that's got a family, whatever it is, there's different strokes for different folks. It's a big commitment. That's first and foremost fair to say, correct? This yeah. is no, I mean, we're talking 10 years to get a black belt. You're talking a long, yeah, you're talking Some a long. people do it in seven. I mean, now I would say like seven to eight. It's still a long eight. time. It's a big it's commitment. A long time. Big yeah. commitment. With a person I like mine, you don't go into it thinking that you're not going to stop until you get there kind of deal. I, yeah. That's what the end game is. Don't even know if you would stop at first degree black belt. Not saying that you would ever have the talent to get the second degree, but you would still sure try. Tell me, Kelly Parati, what? Why would you come to a friend and say, Chad, because you said this to me, mm -hmm. you need to get in here and roll. You need to come into this. You need to get into jujitsu. Why would you say that to somebody? So, well, for me, you know, I love the sport. So I think it's a little bit of like when you love something, you want to share it with all the people around you. But then you also run into those friends or those people in your life that are like minded, uh, you know you're an entrepreneur, you're a go-getter, you, you like challenges. Um, you know, so for me, that right there already tells me like, oh, you'll love jujitsu. It's a challenge. Uh, it keeps you in shape. It's fun. Everybody's reason for jujitsu is different. I'll have a mom, you know, that will come in and want to learn jujitsu only because she wants to learn some self-defense. Uh, I'll have a division one college wrestler come in and want to learn jujitsu because he's not competing anymore. And this gives him an avenue to still be an athlete and compete again. Uh, I have 42 year old businessmen that are like, you know, I just want to feel like I'm doing something athletic, right? Uh, some people just love the sport of jujitsu and the the chess match behind it. Everybody's reasoning is different. Everybody's um, pull to the sport is different. You know, I, my thing is, is if I get them on the mat, I know that I will make them fall in love with it. That's how confident you are. Yes, absolutely. So because I, I love it so much. I mean, I, I make every, I mean, everybody that's in, close to me, most of them all do jujitsu. I mean, including, including my husband, I know he walked in here just now, but like, He's still training in jujitsu. He travels all the time. He cannot make. Can you do that as a newbie? Can you travel and still miss classes here and there? Lots yeah, of classes per month. Absolutely. And, and come back and pick up where you left off? Yep. I mean, some of those people, I mean, would maybe have to do some private lessons to try to kind of stay on top of things or feel like they're good enough. But I mean, it, you know, and a lot of my students that travel will sometimes go to other gyms. The beauty of it is I've been in the sport for a long time. I know a lot of friends all across the United States. So a lot of times when people travel, I can usually call somebody and be like, hey, my friend's going to drop in. Oh, no problem, Kel. You know, and they'll jump in and they'll train. So even when they're on the road, they're getting, you know, some class time in if they want to do that. If they don't feel comfortable doing that, then, you know, they come when they're in town. couple questions. Again, I really like this because I get a lot of, a lot of questions of, well, how do you get started? How, like in what I do, how did you get started? How do you become a, which I hate the word pro hunter, but how do you get the work in, in the hunting industry or the shooting industry? And it's really, 
it seems like it'd be an easy answer, but it's so hard. Like I'll get a, I'll get a message and I'm sure you get this all the time is, Hey Chad, big fan of the show and listen to the podcasts. And I really want to do what you do. How my duck callings there. I guide for this company. And the first thing that I tell everybody, cause I really try to answer every question that I get, mm-hmm. which sounds tedious, but it's, it's, I think that if looking back, that's the only way that I got my start was being so probably annoying, so persistent to the point it became annoying, Kelly, that I really had a lot of people that never even met me personally answer the phone and answer a lot of questions for me. So I feel like I owe it to, you know, whether it's a teenager or a 10 year old coming up, just like it would be in, in, in jujitsu. I see your eyes light up when you were working with my daughter just yesterday, which we're going to talk about that because Mm -hmm. that was so awesome. But what I'm saying is that I tell them, get your education, learn how to talk, learn how to look somebody in the eye, learn how to negotiate, learn how to make a deal and and follow through on that. Learn how to present yourself in a way that people will entrust in you and and provide credibility to their brand or whatever it is. Don't just think that you're a world-class duck caller, that you're going to be a world-class duck business owner, right? It's Mm -hmm. completely different ballgame. And I try to be honest with them about it. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of tenacity, a lot of things that go into it, which I see that. And that's what's intriguing to me about this, which a year ago when I met you, I had zero desire to ever even even look at a, a jiu-jitsu mat with me walking onto it, which I've learned the respect of just the mat is amazing to me. I would have never even fathomed it. I, I enjoy going to work out. I like getting in but shape. But see, you walk in. You walk in. You're and, yes. bringing Alyssa, and then as you're leaving, you're seeing all these different adults, and you're in like, and well, that guy's doing it. That yeah. lady's doing it. And then you're walking past them going... You know, the question goes in your head. The first question is injuries. Yes. And here's some of the things that I've encountered in my life. I've had major chest surgery. I've had major reconstructive shoulder surgery. No pity party. I'm just saying it. Yeah. It's, and I know a lot of MMA fighters and jujitsu. I see your fingers and your injuries (laughs) and you, you've, you've messed up your knees many times. Um, 45 years old in somewhat okay shape. Want to get in better shape every day. Pretty strong. Am I going to encounter a lot of shit that's going to put me in harm's way to where I'm going to tear my rotator cuff again? I'm going to smoke money. And I know that anything's possible, but when you're not in competition, I'm not going to go into competition, at least right now, my mind's telling me that, but I'm just want to go in and train. We'll be at Pan Am's next year, 2021. (laughs) So (laughs) if I just want to go train at, at, and are we going to announce a new name? Is there going to be a new name? Is it going to be Conviction it's, Jiu-Jitsu? No, it's going to be Atos Jiu-Jitsu Reno. Atos, A-T-O-S, Jiu-Jitsu Reno. Conviction's yes. gone. Conviction will dissolve. Yes. Do you have that name trademarked? Because if not, I'm going to try to get it trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I told you that the first time I heard it. I'm like, I love that name. Um, is Would you tell somebody, uh, first and foremost, with complete transparency and honesty, honesty, would you say, yes, I do see a lot of injuries in my gym and you are going to get injure, injured rolling around and, and participating in jiu-jitsu and practicing jiu-jitsu? I wouldn't say that I see a lot, but I do see injuries. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a combat sport, right? Uh, just like you're going to see injuries in basketball. People are going to roll their ankle. They're going to blow their knee out. It just happens. What I try to do is like we were saying before, as we've evolved as instructors and creating a program, um, Now, if we're setting them up in that white belt class and giving them, you know, a set uh, group of skills and then educating them about the sport, 
in also teaching them how to control their ego, then I think that you can lessen the amount of injuries. Where the injuries come in is basically usually off of ego. This is somebody getting stuck in a Kimura or a shoulder lock of some sort, and they're like, oh, I'm going to fight out of it. And then before they know it, they've torn their shoulder. Uh, that's where I'm like, tap soon and tap often. You know, you're going to tap out. That is just jujitsu. It's the way it works. And the sooner you do it, the better. And the longevity, you'll have more longevity in the sport. You know, uh, you talk about my fingers. My fingers are messed up, but also too, I've never been a, a taper. Now you see all these new guys coming in, you know, the, I wouldn't say new guys, but the newer generation of jujitsu. And they've got, you know, there's monkey tape, which is the jujitsu tape that everybody uses and they tape their knuckles and their fingers. You know, I should probably tape my fingers. You know, there's proactive things that you can do. But for me, I learned without it. And so now, you know, just being the old dog that I am, I don't want to. But what you say, you're, you're, you, you use the term old dog, but you're talking to somebody. I, you're, you're 37. No. 40, oh. 44. Oh, you're 44. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Who's 37? Is Aaron 37? <laughs> Aaron's 37, Aaron's probably. 37 yeah. 44 years old, and you're getting ready to compete again in the Pan Ams coming up. Yep. If they happen, which this coronavirus has got things so... Don't even get me started. I just had a huge trip to Utah for... We were doing a big launch for Traeger. I was leaving tomorrow. Won't it be awesome, it's though? Gone. They if canceled they, the whole thing. If they have Pan Ams, like I was just talking to Kenny this morning... <laughs> If they have pantyhose and there's 2,000 people in this auditorium watching 500 people sweat and roll around on a oh, mat together, but they, <laughs> and then we all leave and we're all healthy. By the, <laughs> at the least, <laughs> at the least, I think they would probably not let any audience in. That's what they're doing a lot. Have you seen all these soccer games in Italy? It should be crazy. They're playing. They, they would probably England. cancel it if they didn't let the audience come in because that's a big money maker for them. You know, it's twenty dollars to get in. So when you have that many people coming in to watch. Just cancel the whole thing. Yeah, I would be really sad. It's the biggest jujitsu tournament of the year. It's the largest tournament of the year. People come from all over. They have all levels, white through black, and all levels, which is the adult division all the way through Master 7. So 44 years old, you have this much spunk and this much passion for the discipline still, even at the competition level. You have any any like vision of slowing down as far as the competition goes, because most people, even in MMA, you saw Liddell come back. You saw Couture come back. You see some fighters come back in the mid forties. Hendo, um, Hendo doesn't have a jujitsu background, just a wrestler mm -hmm. and Greco Roman. But is that old for a girl to go down and compete? And I know there's masters and stuff, and I'm not saying that you're old or even implying that, but don't you think that it's time to just stop at 44 or am I, am I crazy for even saying I'm ready to start at 45? I'm ready to start. Like I look at it, like I literally last night was like planning out like, well, if I travel here, here and here, and then October comes and I'm gone this much filming, how many, how many classes can I take per week to really get you know, good, good at this? Good thing your friend owns the place and can teach private lessons, right? Yeah. yeah but I also, <laughs> but I also understand that, are you going to start slowing down now as you, as is, does it naturally happen? Or is this something that when you saw somebody like Mr. Miyagi, you stay in this until one foot's in the grave kind of attitude? <laughs> uh, 
you asked me that question with my husband sitting here. Oh, is this like a sore subject? No. I don't know. He didn't, he's not texting me telling me what to ask. No. The, um, you know, honestly, I've said it before, like, I'm going to retire. But, I, you know, I was a competitive gymnast my whole life until I started martial arts. And then when I found the outlet of competing in jujitsu, and I'm good at it. And I'm still competing with the best in my division. Uh and even still at 44, I've jumped into the adult division and competed well in so the what, adult so, division. So what you're trying to tell me in so many words is that... You, I'm not ready to retire you're yet. Just, you're that competitive. You're that competitive to where... Wh why, did you, why did you stop your MMA career? Well, for me, MMA, uh, you know... I mean, I was going through a divorce and I just felt like punching people in the face, honestly. I think it was, but it was an outlet of something that I knew and, and, uh, it was a controlled environment and it was something that I thought I could be good at. But then at some point, you know, I'm sitting at the edge of the cage and I'm going, okay, this was before women were in the UFC. Uh, I was also 36 years old then. And, and I'm sitting there going, okay, what am I doing with my life? That's <laughs> like, my point in asking you this line of questioning right now and, and conversing about this is because am I an idiot for wanting to get in at 45? No and, am I late to the game? You've been doing it for 18 years. That means that you've been doing it since you were 25 years old. Mm -hmm. A little bit after that, 25 plus 20 is 45. Yeah. 26, so you're yeah. like, you're like 25 years old when you started. So if you think about 25, 26, am I late to the game to where at 45, I'm going to go in there and just get my ass kicked enough to be like, man, I wish I'd have never saw a jujitsu house in my life. No, I've got a guy that's competing at the Pan Ams in um, the blue belt division and he's 43 years old and, you know, he's a, he's a salesman, you know, like he, he's just a normal dude. Uh, I, I think with jujitsu, you can take, you can go into the sport of jujitsu, you don't have to compete. Not all of my students compete. Some of them do. I think some of them, you know, the other professor that we have at the gym, Arturo, he loves to compete. I love to compete. Some of our students like to, but not all of them do. I have black belts that haven't competed, you know? So you don't have, it's this, not a prerequisite. Is this, is this what you just referred to 10 minutes ago is ego? getting in the way that your ego is telling you that if you don't go kick somebody's ass in Irvine and win a gold medal at the Pan Am games, that you're not going to be happy. Is this ego getting in the way? No. Or is it just such a competitive nature and spirit inside your body at 44, most people historically in the world are done competing. This might be a, a discipline that you can continue to compete because you see it a lot. You've seen guys and girls come back out of retirement because that competitive nature and a lot of it has to do with financial stuff of needing more money, but they end up going too far. They end up taking it too far and getting smoke because their body and mind is not able, maybe not as much mind, but their body is not able to perform at that level than they once did. But let's face it. We're probably talking about getting punched in the face in jujitsu, you're not getting punched in the face. So you're not dealing with the trauma to the head. Is there right? concussions in jujitsu ever? Oh, yeah, it can happen. I mean, you're you're on the mats, though, so it's a little bit different. There's no striking. You know, yes, it's wear and tear on your body at that level, at that competitive level. Uh, you know, and those that do it for, you know, 
at a super high level for so many years, yeah, at some point they do, they do retire. Uh, you know, for me, it's different because they have an outlet for the master's division. So the master's division go all the way to master seven. I'm only in master's three. <laughs> so you have um, 30 years of this left. <laughs> technically this year I will jump into master's four, but with that, but with that being said, I have thought about retiring. I have for like a second. I, I, I do think about it only because, you know, with the business, like we were saying, I'm, I'm going through some changes with the business. Obviously I have another little side career that I do of motivational speaking when I go in and I speak with the kids. And so I have all this stuff that I'm doing, you know, and to put the time and effort in that I need to put into my competition. And then also the time that I need to put into the business. It's the age old saying. It's not just putting time into your business though. It's also the respect for the discipline that if you are going to own it and you're going to be the master you owe it to your students to Correct. give them the utmost focus and respect yeah. of teaching them the discipline, right? Yeah. The time is coming for me to pass the torch. It so, is. But is it fair to say though, that if you wanted to go down younger than masters, that you could whip some of these younger girls asses that oh. are coming up right now? Yeah. No problem. No, not in the not in the black belt adult division. No, I give mad props to the girls that are in the black belt adult division. Those girls are not in. They're not. They don't have jobs. They don't. Have, I mean, that's what they do. They're paid to just train and eat, breathe, sleep. Give me an, give me an example of Jenna one that, Bishop. Uh, give me an example. Beatrice Mesquita. Give me an example um, of one that's made the transition. I've heard of both of those. I've watched both of them on Flow Grappling. Mm-hmm. Give me an example of somebody that's a household name in the UFC female that that is a master jiu-jitsu artist. I know that Ronda Rousey was judo. Holly Holm was kickboxing and boxing. Is Nunez, she, is she from Brazil? Yeah, so she has a black belt. She's Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And she's the baddest-ass female fighter in the world. Well, one of them. Yeah. That, girl, that fight the other night was pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. That, there's talking like fight of the year. I, I would say so. I don't know how to pronounce either one of their names. I know. So, so I'm not even going to try right now. But you have this burning desire to keep going competitively. But you also will tell somebody that's 45 to not be afraid to get into it. You also made a statement earlier about one of the people that you would say to get involved or that comes to your school is for is for self-defense. A 35-year-old soccer mom that wants self-defense techniques. Mm-hmm. Would you be honest with that lady and say, well, there's probably better forms of self-defense out there if you do. Is, is, is jiu-jitsu, the Brazilian discipline and in, in, in form of jiu-jitsu, a good, I know it is self-defense, mm-hmm. but if you get attacked in a parking lot, wouldn't something like karate or Krav Maga or more something with strikes or kicks be more effective because you don't want to get close to them? Or, is, or would you say, heck yeah, come in here because I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself if somebody comes up and grabs you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's, you know, Obviously, there's so many forms of self-defense that you could go off of. But if they're wanting like strictly, I just want to come in and learn self-defense, then I would say, yeah, do this program over here of situational awareness and, you know, focus on just being attacked in the parking lot or here or there. Um, But as far as, you know, if somebody's coming in and interested in the jujitsu and they're like, will this help me with self-defense? Then I'm going to say absolutely yes. Jujitsu teaches body awareness. It teaches you how to use your size and strength to your advantage. It's all about technique and leverage uh, movement. So, you know, I believe that it is, it is the ultimate in self-defense. It truly, truly is. 
Now you have different levels of that. So, you know, I would agree, you know, a Krav Maga is going to be more of a, you know, street style self-defense. But isn't that what self-defense is in today's society? I mean, you're, you're not looking to defend yourself because you know, you're going into a fight. You're looking to defend yourself that if something happens to happen. Yeah. I think, I, I think for me, you know, most people, if that's the route that they're going, you know, if they want to learn street self-defense, it depends on the verbiage that they use when they come in. You know, I would obviously direct them in, in the right direction. Like if they're wanting to learn stand up or something like that, then I would probably put them in, in the right direction. But if they're interested in jujitsu and they're asking if it's going to be a form of self-defense, then jujitsu is absolutely a self-defense. You'll see that even in the Krav Maga, system they're doing jujitsu as well so when you say pass the torch that you did were you referring from competition to becoming a full-time i know you're a full-time instructor but do you mean pass the torch to the upcoming competitors that are there now yeah absolutely i've got some great i mean great students and competitors that are coming up uh you know for me obviously i give my heart and soul to my students i love what i do i love seeing new kids come in and looking at them as the future of jujitsu, even, um, white belt adults coming in and looking, looking at them, you know, as the future of jujitsu. It just is, you know, for me, I've been doing it so many years. Yes, I do have some busted fingers. Um, but I also am transitioning my business as well. I have big goals for 2020 and I want to go into 2021 being confident and, and really, excited about the decision that that I've made to pursue solely jujitsu and there's the age-old saying of you have to you know if you're working in your business you're not working on your business and so you know I do need to spend more time working on my business do you feel that jujitsu is a the future with that being said I'd like to win Pan Am's worlds and Nogi worlds and then I'll retire so if I don't win those, then we'll question it again in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love how you have to look. That's funny. You, you, there's three big competitions that, it, that you've won before. You've I've won, won world. I've won the world championships twice. I've silver medal, a ton of silver medals at Pan and a ton of silver medals at Nogi World. So and a gold at both of those would be awesome. Do you think that jiu-jitsu is a form of martial arts from 1925? We, we've learned. Mm -hmm. We're almost 100 years old. At the 100-year-old, the century mark, and three, you know, in five years from now, is this a form that is going to explode, in your opinion, to where MMA, MMA has exploded? Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu is kind of like the quiet leader of disciplines is this something that is going to be put in the mainstream of, of kind of what you maybe one of your goals is to take it more mainstream but it's almost to the point where you can't just go and open up a jiu-jitsu uh you know a, a jiu-jitsu jiu academy what do you call them do you call it a house of jiu-jitsu what is it called yeah jiu-jitsu academy academy you can't do that like you can a boxing gym with a boxing gym, you don't have to be, do you have to be a first degree black belt to earn the right to instruct? 
do you is it do you have to do that in atos to be able to have an instructor card in boxing you don't have to have a world championship to become an instructor i can go down right now and open up a gym and have inner city kids come in and box all day long yeah but is this something to where you're going to see jiu-jitsu because it's just weird to me that i keep going back to the way that the gym made me feel yesterday i was in a weird headspace yesterday when i was at conviction because i was kind of fighting with myself i'm going to do it i'm going to tell kelly today i'm signing up and then i walked out without saying it but it almost is like I see the, this deal to where it more people need to know about what's going on in a place like that because it's not mainstream in my opinion. That's my goal for 2020. See, I didn't even get know the that. Name. I just picked your brain. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I'm probably the worst at self-promotion. So I'm really working on that, on promoting myself more. Uh, I don't, I'm not like a big toot my own horn. Um, but I believe that in Reno, we have the most talented staff. Uh, and then being a female, I'm the only black belt female gym owner in Northern Nevada. So in jujitsu, and there is no reason why I shouldn't have a hundred women doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a hundred kids doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that's my goal. And I believe that it is the future of martial arts. You have MMA, you have boxing, but let's just face it. There's only a small percentage of people that want to get punched in the face. So, you know, jiu-jitsu, you can actually do a combative sport and not get punched in the face and actually learn how to use your body and, and have success at it. You know, for you, it, it'll be, I'm, I'm telling you, it's the first time somebody new walks in and you've had six months of training and all of a sudden you get your first arm bar and you have this huge grin on your face and you're going to look at me and you're going to go, I get it, Kel, you know, and then you're going to walk out the door and wait for the next new person to walk in. It whipped my you know? ass. So, um, you, so this really is real. This is something that I was struggling with yesterday about Man, I just see so much opportunity with the jiu-jitsu game as I was watching it. And 100%. Then I, and then I was there for some of the adults, and they were all females. They were training with a guy that's my favorite instructor there beside you. Um, I don't know. He's kind of nerdy, really clean-cut. White guy's funny, and he's really sweet. And he was... he's, he's Young? Young No, kid. he was teaching the girls yesterday. No, he's not real young. I'd say he's probably mid-30s to 40. Uh, he was the guy that was instructing the girls, the black belt girls yesterday. On the kickback, on the oh Brian pack. Brian Williams Brian Williams. So yeah, that's who I work. That's what I we do on the side. We do the uh, he runs Think Kindness, which is a nonprofit that's organization. That's why he's so nice. That's why he's, he's so really nice. nice. He's like, a super cool dude. So that's what I was watching. I was watching kind of the excitement and his, his. But he's somebody who's been doing martial arts for thirty plus years. And he was fired up. And his he loves it. And his ability to get the most out of his his pupils yesterday clients what do you call them students students of jiu-jitsu it was pretty amazing to me so i just started thinking like man I, all but he my... was teaching martial arts because he's a white belt in jiu-jitsu right. but i make but he... i'm making him come to jiu-jitsu but he too. was but he was still a, he was still a good instructor and what what i kept telling myself is like all my travels all of the things that i do in in my life i never have ran across somebody that has told me you should go into jiu-jitsu or I just got done with my jujitsu lesson or man, I'm thinking about getting into jujitsu. Nobody's ever said it to me ever. And I've traveled hundreds of thousands of miles all over the world. I've hunted all over the world and I've been around athletes and, and, and people that, that are doing this or that or doctors or whatever. And not one of them. And maybe they keep it on the down low. 
I'm not saying they're ashamed of it, but maybe it's just that maybe it's part of the discipline, but not one time in my entire life have I told somebody you should be in jujitsu. I mean, somebody's told me that, or I've seen somebody or witnessed it. I go into conviction for the last year and just yesterday I was like, God dang, man, I really want to get into jujitsu. So it's, it's kind of like a, 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 an anomaly to me of like, why is nobody doing it? Why are people afraid it's scary. of it? I think people Be, are afraid of it, but I don't think they're afraid of the injury part of it. I think they're afraid of the commitment because it's so freaking hard to advance in it. I don't that, think they understand the it. I don't think they understand the sport. I think, I think originally people first walk in and, and they see, especially for a female, you know, you walk in and you see these people rolling around together, you know? So it's like instantly you're like laying on a stranger, you know? So for, for those people that have no understanding of like, you're, I mean, you're a huge MMA fan. You're very well versed in the different disciplines. So for you, it's normal, but just think somebody who doesn't even watch the UFC or doesn't even know what jujitsu is. And then they're like, you want me to do what you want me to go down there and have them wrap their legs around me and do and do what you know like for some people it's like super foreign and really uncomfortable and so for me my job is to make them feel comfortable my my daughter has has just got her orange belt three months ago in mma through your school mm -hmm. she'd been in there a year almost Mm -hmm. Not until yesterday did she walk out of there with that smile on her face and get in the truck and say, Daddy, that was unbelievable. Like, it was amazing what it did to her. She said, call mommy so I could tell her. She told Sherry when she got here today. It wasn't about who she was or who she was rolling with. It wasn't about that at all. It was about the confidence that she came out of there at nine years old within 45 minutes because she had done a 45-minute MMA lesson right before that, which I don't want people coming out of here being like, man, like, he's really hard on her. He's got her in two <laughs> classes a day. That was the only time that's ever happened. It just happened to fall in the day that she's transitioning into jujitsu. Yes. But I, the, the difference was night and day. And I don't know if that's normal from MMA training with kids or adults, but once she got into jujitsu, she was like, that was, that's for me. Well, usually that's what will happen is sometimes at first they come in, they look at that and then they look at this and there's like, okay, there's this much space between me and my partner. I'm hitting something else. I'm hitting a pad rather than them, uh, you know, and then they start to get used to that. They get used to partnering up, you know, jujitsu. It's like, bam, boom, you're partnered up. You're laying on each other. You're wrestling. You're throwing each other around. It's like you're thrown right into the mix. So I think sometimes for people that transition from that to that is a little bit easier. Uh, but, you know, if I do it right, uh, I'm able to, you know, slowly get work them in to the jujitsu and make them feel comfortable. And then honestly, I think it comes from the instructor and the love of the sport. So for me, I just, I love it so much. And I feel like it is an art that teaches you life skills because jujitsu for me, um, it's done a lot of things. It's been an escape from reality because when I come into jujitsu, I have to be present. So Every time I step on the mat and I'm going to train, I can't be thinking about um, the change that I'm doing with the business. I can't think about, you know, what I'm going to make for dinner or this or that. If I am not 100% present, then I'm probably going to get schooled that day, right? So I'm able to just be in jujitsu. 
for some people, it gives them their outlet of working out for, you know, but for me, it's, it's that escape. And then it teaches you to problem solve. Jiu-jitsu is problem solving. That's what it is. You get you, me in this hold. I got to do this. To yeah, get, yeah. You get put in deep water. You get put in, in these bad situations and you have to find your way out. You're talking figuratively. Yeah. You don't have to go in water like training for the Navy. So no. Um, but I'm being, figured, I'm being yeah. serious. You don't go in water in jujitsu. It's all no. done in under, even in MMA, even in the MMA black belt that you test your students on, which you're transitioning out of that. I've heard stories of, of being scared of heights and, and being able to conquer that fear and that being part of your black belt test. Yeah. Does that ever, does anything like that happen in jujitsu? No, uh, we, we do stri strictly just jujitsu for jujitsu. The, the martial arts is a, is a blended style of martial arts. So I think for me, uh, you know, it's pushing people beyond, uh, their limits in the regular martial arts. So it's kind of finding people's threshold or finding their fears or their uncomfortable areas and kind of pushing them above and beyond. Uh, but I think jujitsu does that in itself just based off of the sport that it is. You don't need to add all of that other stuff, I no, guess. You don't have to. So that's, again, that's intimidating to me because it's it's one of those things to where you, th you, you think that it should be more widespread and it's not. And it's because I believe that the, the powers that be have kept it that way as kind of the upper echelon of martial arts and if you walk into an academy, it's going to be one that is structured the way that we see fit, like Atos or, or Gracie or whoever it might be. But it's not, it's not like offered to everybody because it's hard to even like know about it. If like what you're saying, if people aren't, you know, into the fight game, like I am, I'm not a fighter by any means. I get my ass whipped by anybody, but I love the fight game. And I know a lot about boxing or, or what's going on in MMA and things like that. And the different styles and all that, but you don't go you i grew up in this third generation in the city and never once did i get offered to go to a, a jiu-jitsu academy it's, it's more it's, popular now it's though. getting more popular it's getting it, more popular and i believe that the relay of information and the instruction is so but much was it, better but was it was it intentionally held back from being popular by no. the brazilians or by the instructors that that were the powers that be because they did not want it looking like just something that anybody could become oh, involved in oh i would in? definitely say yes in the beginning for sure it was like you know that back in the day when you really think about all of the first americans that were getting their black belt you know and then it starts to kind of move off and you have all these different offshoots and so it goes from gracie to all these different organizations now and i i think um you know it was very old school like you but, know? You, but you said when you were in new mexico at jackson's that very, nobody in that gym was even into jiu-jitsu no you i mean that was 10 years ago though Th that's what i'm saying though that that's not that long ago true that's not that long but ago. But look at how much the sport has grown in But don't 10 you think years. that a world-class athlete like John Jones, being the wrestler that he was, and he comes from the football background, his brothers in the NFL, would have at least had a gi on at one time or at least rolled around jiu-jitsu? Not 10 years ago. I, I think it was still very, very new. I mean, if you look at it from the competition world, when I was competing 10 years ago, I was a purple belt and or around there before I went to Jackson's, let's say I was a brown belt when I went to Jackson's. So prior to that, I was a purple belt. And when I would compete, it was 
all age level. So there was no master's division. It was a normal, just everybody, whatever age you were. And it was purple, browns, and blacks together when it came to the girls. So that's how many women did jujitsu. Not a lot, right? Now you walk into a competition, it's broken up by age, it's broken up by belt, and it's broken up by weight class. And so you sit there and you go, that's how much the sport has grown in just 10 years. But you would have thought that back in 93, back when I first started watching UFC, you know, it was outlawed in a lot of places and Joe Rogan had hair and he was still doing what he did backstage is he wasn't even a, a Joe was training in jujitsu and he was an, <laughs> but he was just an interviewer backstage mm-hmm. kind of like mean Gene was in the WWF. Mm-hmm. It almost was comical to me. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful no, way. Hear for me sure. out. To see this little bastard and this gi doing what he was doing to 300 pound human beings. It was almost like that's fake. That is so fake. There's no way that this dude is tapping these big bastards out that are that much stronger, that heavier. And I know that you've already said that you learn how to use what you have in your body, but this guy was wrecking people, like destroying them, tapping them out. He's beat Dan Severn, who was an all American wrestler at ASU. He was a, like Dan Severn is a God in the wrestling world still is. And he gets beat by this little dude from Rio that comes up here and has this gi on and is fighting three to four times a night. He's a hundred pounds average less than his opponent at any given time. He's not throwing punches. He's taking, letting them take him down and take his back and then smoking them. And I was like, that's fake. Still, if you watch it today, it almost looks fake. That's why I think that you're like, Jiu-jitsu is so out of touch. It's like literally like being a ninja, like Shokazugi and Nine Deaths of a Ninja. Because I watched every ninja movie growing up, blow darts and smoke bombs and all nunchucks and all the things that Bruce Lee would do and ninjas and this and that. And then I watched this jiu-jitsu form and I'm like, that's fake. That there is no way he's doing that until to somebody. you see it like right in front of your own face. But, then you're like, but all of that time has went by from 1993, the year I graduated high school, to now. You have all of that time transpired and jujitsu is still not at the forefront. And the Gracies were, were like destroying people in the octagon that long ago. It's just, it's kind of like an anomaly, um, anomaly to me because I don't understand how it never became like every kid. Bigger, was, quicker. Yeah. Right? Like everybody was in jujitsu. I wish I would have gotten into jujitsu. Because I see it now. I understand it now. It just It's just weird to me that in, in somebody like Erin Pandola and what she's done in MMA, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe that she hasn't gone, I'm going jiu-jitsu. It's almost like people are either scared of it, they're intimidated well, she by it. She has a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. She has a blue belt. But it yeah. took her until she was in her mid-30s to mm-hmm. even get involved in this stuff. And I'm just wondering why it, it's like not, it's, it's, you don't hear of a lot of people being black belts or blue belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. No, you, you just don't. don't. You don't. You and don't. it's still going to be, you know, it's still, let's face it. It's still a sport that's going to take a certain kind of a person, right? It's still, you're still going to have to be somewhat of an, of, of an athlete or somebody with, uh, you know, that has, you know, forward thinking and is determined and wants to finish something that they start, you know, but I think it's, I think it's what, you know, our world needs, you know, I think it, I think the sport. Here's my opinion. 
Here's my opinion. If you take Kyle Snyder, for example, or if you take Jordan Burroughs, okay, they just both won gold medals in the Pan Ams for U.S. wrestling. They're two baddest hash or You got, there's so many. George, Jaden Cox, I, I'm addicted to wrestling, right? If you take somebody like Burroughs, who was just voted the eighth most in-shape athlete in America or in the world, pretty much like the guy is in amazing shape. Snyder is a heavyweight wrestler. And wrestlers are the best conditioned athletes. Wrestling Iranians, wrestling Russians, doing his winning gold medals in the Olympics, the Pan Am Games. These guys are going to come out of their wrestling career. And, and they're, they're going to do jujitsu. I don't think so. I, I really don't. That's where, that's where my whole stance in this conversation is, is that they're not, they're going to, well, they're going to go. That's way too long to, to get anywhere in it. I'm going to go into this. I'm going to go. I'm okay. already, I already got a great foundation to take you down. I'm going to learn how to punch and I, I might learn a few arm bars, but I just mm. don't see, I see it so intimidating when you say it's seven to 10 years. No, to get a these black wrestlers, they're ingrained. Look at them. They're ingrained athletes. They love competition. I, that's exactly what I was just talking about just now is that I have a kid. His name's Cody Dick. And he's a division one wrestler, wrestled for Boise State, one of the top 10 for so many years. He just came in to start to do jiu-jitsu as a white belt. Now, there are rules with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu sport. If you compete in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're a black belt in judo, or if you are a division one wrestler, you cannot register as a white belt at the Pan Am Games. You can't. You're already light years ahead of somebody that's a white belt, right? So, you know, I have this kid, obviously I call Andre and I'm like, Hey, what do you want me to do? He's 27 years old. He's in the adult division. He's 205. He's all muscle, um, phenomenal wrestler. And he's like, Oh, Kelly, you have, you have to, you know, his Brazilian accent. He's like, you have to give him the blue belt. And I'm like, okay. So then I have to kind of get him caught up to speed to where he is at that blue belt level. But these guys, they're not going to go in at the white belt level. They're going to be at least minimum blue belts. And then their instructors are going to get them to where they want to be. But it's also going to allow them to do a sport, even not at the adult division. They can go into their age category, still take care of their body, still stay in shape, still be competitive and um, learn a new craft. And their wrestling is going to help them like phenomenal. And it'll help them obviously move forward a little bit quicker than the average person. Right. Um, but I absolutely think a lot of those I think wrestlers would, I think I, you're crazy. I think that they would love, well, I think that they would love jujitsu if they would give it a, give it a shot. They have to so give it a think, shot. Yeah. So you, if they, if you know, I don't think they're going to go and change and go to MMA. I mean, if they want to do that, then that's fine. Wrestling, you know, they've got the wrestling, but I mean, if they were going to just do another sport to continue and to be competitive in and, you know, stay healthy, I would say jujitsu would be the way to go. That would be your argument that saying 100%. to stay healthy and to stay. But if you're going to go into an MMA career to if, be a fighter, which a lot of these guys that are, whether it was Matt Hughes or Robbie Lawler, Couture or Hendo, they were all Olympic or college for, you know, oh, Daniel well then, Cormier, all of these guys. If they're going to go in and they're going to do MMA, then they're going to be studying all of it. They're going to be doing they, Thai they boxing are. and they're going to do jujitsu. So when they're you, not going to pick one or the so other. So when they take that first step of becoming a fighter to be a paid fighter in the UFC or one of the, one of the other, they will have a jiu-jitsu coach and a Thai boxing coach 100 percent 100 percent and all mainly because you have to be able to defend jiu-jitsu or do they want you to become proficient in it to be able to act on it as well and not just defend yes absolutely to be able to act on it as well so why why are these guys that are 
badass wrestlers like this 27 year old kid you're saying that was an all-american at at Boise State, mm-hmm. which is a great wrestling program, which they almost lost it two years ago, which I couldn't understand that. Even U.S. wrestling was getting ready to go away in the Olympics. Why aren't they trained in jiu-jitsu as they're becoming wrestlers? Because it goes together. Oh, well, look at the discipline of wrestling. Those guys train like no others. I mean, think about the hours that they put in. They don't have time to do jiu-jitsu. You know, if their sport is wrestling, they're giving 100% So the gym to open up is a wrestling jiu-jitsu offering to do them both growing up as a kid <laughs> have a wrestling you, program and then shift them over to that's, how, that's the most that's the most proficient fighters there are in the world i was just talking to cody about this i was saying you know bring all your all your because he coaches the reed high school wrestling right uh and so we were just saying like all of those kids need to come and do jiu-jitsu it just makes sense to me because I, I, I just am so intimidated. I just need to stand at all the big wrestling tournaments in town and just hand out jujitsu. I don't know. Them. I don't know if you want to stand there and hand something <laughs> out, but I think that they, it would be cool to see you be able to go in and give a demonstration and a talk of of the importance of it, or the the you know the the style, the value, the origins, the history, yeah. the you know, and the respect of it. Because that's what I've learned being in there is, you know, just picking up on little things. I'm. I'm I talk a lot, but I'm a really good listener. I listen to these guys in your gym when they're, when they're rolling around and they're talking and it's, it's very intriguing to me to be that kind of person, to have that kind of life. There is no ego in there, which I'm sure that there can be ego in fighting. You see it happen, Mm -hmm. but I would think that jujitsu, one of the things is that you never put yourself above the discipline, which you should never do that in anything in life. But I, I just am really intrigued with the lifestyle with the discipline of jujitsu. And I think that more people need it readily available to them, or at least be able to hear something like this conversation and podcast and go out and search it and educate themselves on it. Because that's what happened to me being in the gym is I was like, I like this. This is, I like the idea. And yesterday was the, the best part of it, of seeing the adults and then seeing the kids and seeing the, you know, the transition from MMA for for Alyssa to jiu-jitsu and what it did to her confidence in, in a matter of 45 minutes. Not to say she's not going to go in there next week and get her ass kicked and get an arm bar put on her. Yeah, that's but she was go. going with a boy her age I didn't and she say took that. it to I him. wasn't going to say it. You said it. <laughs> I have, I've just been telling people there's another student in the class and she's like, mom, he was a boy. And she did take it to him, huh? <laughs> she did. But you know what? The, her little face, like she's so shy, so soft-spoken, doesn't say a word. And then when I told her, Lissy, just stay on top. And um, she was like, all right, like I got this. And <laughs> she didn't this. know anything, you know, like yeah. all we did was work movement and she did so awesome. It and really then was. her little face like lit up. She got a takedown and was like, and yeah. then she like ran away from him. I was like, no, stay on top, stay on top of him. Yeah. You know? Um, but it is, it's, it, it teaches just like any martial art, any sport. I mean, the more knowledge you have, you know, the more confidence you have, but I really do believe jujitsu is something special. You know, you, you go in there and it really does teach you more than just, you know, an arm bar or a choke. It, it really does teach you how to calm yourself, how to control your state, uh, how to problem solve, uh, and how to impose your will when you need to, you know, uh, stand up for yourself when you need to. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been an amazing sport for me. You know, I, I always say gymnastics made me the athlete that I am. Uh, gymnastics made me, gave me the body that I have, you know, it gave me the foundation of strength. 
that I have, but, uh, and it also taught me, uh, discipline, but jujitsu has turned me into the person that I am. And so what is that? I think it's somebody who I don't easily get, I don't get angry very easily. Um, I try to solve things, you know, in a kind manner. Um, even though the sport is very aggressive, uh, I think it's, it's just a, a, it's given me an outlet to let out those say frustrations in life and be aggressive. And then in regular life, I'm able to be the person that I want to be, which is kind and help others and hopefully inspire them to do the same, you know? So do you think that if you would have been involved in jujitsu back in your teenage years, that some of the mistakes you made in life or some of the road bumps that you encountered in life would have been handled differently? Is it fair to say that, that you would have had a, a clearer mindset? A What what are you talking about mentally that jiu-jitsu is going to provide for somebody? Because what are the benefits of getting into jiu-jitsu have to be more than kicking somebody's ass because if you're doing it for self-defense, that may never happen. If you're doing it to be in competition, you might roll around in a few tournaments a year. But there's got to be way more than what this this discipline provides for people for it to be such a mystique that it is. It ha- there has every, to be more. There. I think for everybody, it's definitely different, for sure. I would say that it's different for me. It's a confidence that it gives me, an unspoken confidence, um, but which is very I I believe is very different than ego. You know, we were talking before how you had mentioned like, is it ego that makes you want to compete? No, if I had an ego, I wouldn't compete because people with people with an ego aren't going to put themselves in a situation where they're going to lose. Right. So any of the people, you know, yes, you've got your arrogant fighters and people out there. But for the most part, anybody that walks in to a ring, anybody that walks out onto a mat and decides to compete they've definitely put their ego in check because they know that the possibility of losing is there. So for me, you know, competition is that being able to be okay with losing. Right. So vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability for sure. So isn't it, isn't vulnerability a tricky word? And this is a whole other conversation, but (laughs) it's almost like, if you can accept that or learn how to make yourself vulnerable and, and understand how to deal with it, it's amazing how much easier a lot of life's, you know, a lot of life becomes, you know what I mean? It's almost like vulnerability is jujitsu in a, in a form of you are literally Hoist Gracie was becoming vulnerable within a matter of seconds in those early matches of jiu-jitsu because he was getting on his own back, letting his opponent take his back, and he was showing the world that through his vulnerability, he was able to achieve unmounted success of becoming the first UFC champion, trailblazing jiu-jitsu into America, mm-hmm. getting his family's name all over the map when he, people refer to jiu-jitsu a lot of them say gracie and you know oh, 100 so think about what that came through showing the world look 
I'm vulnerable. I'm letting this guy take me. I'm here. I'm but do what you want with me. He was confident but, in yes, his sport, but he was still vulnerable. And people yes. have to. If people take the time to try to educate themselves on what vulnerability is, which there is a long list of of definitions for being vulnerable, or instances to become vulnerable in, or how to use that to your advantage, and how to become whether it's closer to somebody or giving yourself the ability in a, in a negotiation, everybody's like, go, 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 go. But if you just show a little bit of vulnerability, you might get there in a different matter in a sales situation. If you're trying to get a big deal, when I had a portable toilet company and I'd go into a building and I would become vulnerable to a contractor when I knew my competition had a cheaper price or a better service schedule than we did or whatever, I had to show vulnerability of admitting our weaknesses of showing what our strengths were, but at the same time saying where our improvements can be made and how we want to work with your company to become that, become the leader, right? And showing vulnerability and not being the ego guy of like, oh, we're the best there is. You're never going to find anybody better. And I found in life that that works in a lot of different instances. And I think that jujitsu shows vulnerability. And when I seen Alyssa yesterday, getting on her back and hearing you say, now get on top. It was like, okay. I'm vulnerable and here's how I can use my vulnerability to become stronger. And that is the message that I get out of jujitsu is like everybody can be on the bottom and still win. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen in a lot of disciplines when you're on your back in wrestling and you're, you're pinned, you're done, you're out, right? When you're on your back in boxing, you're knocked the F out. Tyson's over you and the bell's ringing mm-hmm. in jujitsu. There's a lot of vulnerability. Absolutely. So that's being a business owner there and competing in jujitsu is vulnerability because when you own a gym, you know, the other gym owners are waiting for you to mess up, waiting for your failure. So waiting for you to fall off that ladder. Yeah. So, you know, you've got these other gym owners, but that will just maybe talk, but they're not out there. They're not out there competing. You know, it's the ones that actually put themselves out on the line, you know, and make themselves vulnerable. So that's kind of a cool message of of where jujitsu came from, and I, I really wanted to find out when it came into America. Mm-hmm. And nineteen twenty five hundred years that's a long time century. It's not that long. There's a no. lot of older disciplines of of martial arts, um, but I think that there's a very cool message here of entrepreneurial spirit of America, vulnerability, passion, love, respect discipline, manners, ethics, morals, the way, the patience, the the things that you need to have a valued life, something that doesn't entail riches, financial stability, time, freedom, all of the things that people look at and assume, oh, that's what I want in life. You can't get that the right way, in my opinion, without all of this. And I think that if the message gets out there of, you know, we're not just trying to knock somebody out. We're not just trying to tap somebody out. We're not trying to beat somebody up. There's a lot of value message. And I tell Melanie, who's my ex-wife, she's like, I don't know if I want her rolling around with a stranger. And especially during this, this, this virus that's going around and all this shit. I'm like, look, there's a lot of things in life that are going to come into Alyssa's life. She's nine years old. You look at her and you're like, God, I hope she never gets broken up with God. I hope a guy never cheats on her. God, I hope she never gets into an abusive relationship. God, I hope she never experiences failure and gets cut from the A team and is told that she's only honorable mention. All of that shit could happen. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to adapt and showing vulnerability and being able to say, look, 
I'm ready to face it because just because she's my daughter and I prayed every day that none, nothing bad's going to come her way. This is life. Some guy's going to break her heart. She might break some guy's heart. All I'm saying is that this is a discipline that I see if a young person getting into it is going to have a better sense of what it's going to take to survive those kind of situations. I, I am a walking example of it. I grew up in an amazing family. I had two parents that have been married for 50. They've been married for 50 years now. My grandparents have been married for 70. You know, they, they raised me to believe that I was going to, I could do and be anything that I want to believe. I don't have any, you know, we're all super close, get along with my brothers and my sisters. Like I have a picture perfect family. I, I grew up in a sport that I loved. You know, I didn't have any real, you know, we weren't rich by any means. My dad was in the Marine Corps, you know, but I never wanted for anything. And, you know, I grew up without any major like upsets in life, you know, um, until my late thirties, when I went through a bad relationship and a bad divorce and, and transition of friends and, and just life in general, like what I was going to do. And, and for me, I can't explain it, but had I not had jujitsu, I, I don't know what route I would have gone. Jujitsu saved me. Jujitsu gave me my outlet of escape. It gave me my confidence still. It, uh, just helped me through those hard times. Like I, I you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it's, it, a cra- it's a crazy thing. But it doesn't I, it, matter what, t- what, what time in life it happens. It's about mm-hmm. being prepared. And you hope as a parent that you, that you do everything in your power that your parents did to prepare you for it, even though it happened in your late 30s. And you might have seen it coming. May, you, I'm guessing you didn't because of, of, the, of how bad it got. But you, through your discipline of jujitsu and your mindset and vulnerability, because now you're at a stage in your life to where you're all vulnerable. You're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You're pretty much just standing out there naked. Like, no, not fear, not like physically naked, but just like, whoa, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And you have your fr- like, I get it. Like you go through divorce and you have a husband that's got, you guys got this network of friends and then that all like disperses and some of them go his way and a few might go this way. Yeah. And all you hear about all this all the time. And it's how those, those life, those things that happen in life is easy to look from the outside in and go, Oh, she'll, she'll be fine. She'll handle it. Nobody understands until they're in that situation or losing. Like I lost my dad at, when he was 54 and I was 30. Everybody's like, well, you had a pretty good life. And I'm like, bullshit. We had a lot of shit left to do together. Right? Like I tell everybody like, well, the good die young and God takes the good early and all this. I'm like, no, I don't buy any of that. I got <laughs> so bitter for so long, got so vulnerable for so long of being a, being like, man, where do I go here? I ain't got my buddy with me anymore. Still to this day, he's died in 2006. Here we are 14 years later and I'm still like lost without him when he's not seen any of this shit going on. He would be here right here, sitting in here on a microphone, you know, putting in his two cents once in a while on every hunt, doing anything. So vulnerability and being prepared for that is like, how do you, how, how would I've ever prepared myself for that situation? Yeah. I'm wondering if I would have had the d- discipline and the, uh, and, and, and what jujitsu and what this form of martial arts has given to people, does it help you you know, get out of those situations better or come out on top faster or get over strife faster. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions going through my head. And in this thing we call life is how do you bounce back 
from something that you faced or something that I faced or yeah. something that anybody faces. It just seems to me that with this type of lifestyle or you being able to lean on jujitsu is very, very strong. It's, it's more than just having a title. It's more than just being on a baseball team. Yeah, there's every... there's something different. There's something different about Brazilian jiu-jitsu that has my attention that that I, I don't know. There's a lot of intrigue about it. I know that I'm not saying something that you've never heard before. You've heard yeah. a lot of people say, oh, I'm interested in it. It just seems to me like more people should know about this. Even watching the UFC and you watch all these fights going on, you don't learn a lot about jujitsu. Rogan yeah. might throw it around once in a while. Oh, he's training jujitsu. He's a man. He's a black belt in this. He's this. But you really don't understand what that means until you dig into it. Mm -hmm. So that's all For I'm sure. saying is that I think people owe it to themselves to hear your story, to know what jujitsu has done for you, even though this competitiveness is really wearing some people out and you really need to get, get out of the competitive. <laughs> <laughs> your opponents want, probably want you out there more than any, want you out of there more than anybody. But I think that there's a lot to look into this lifestyle of being, honed yeah. in the skills of jujitsu. And I feel like for everybody, jujitsu, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. You know, um, there's peaks and valleys in the sport, you know, just like anything, I think, you know, I definitely had those times where I'd come home and I'm like, king of the world, like I'm the best ever, you know? And then there's times where I'd come home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I suck. You know, right. I'm terrible. But it's those days that actually would make me come back. I can't explain it. It would just make me come back because you know what? I felt what it felt like to feel what it was like to feel on top and to feel great. So even on those bad days, it was so great on the good days that even the bad days don't outweigh the Do you the think jiu-jitsu is going to mean as much to you when you hang up your, your competition belt? Do you think that you're going to wake up in the morning and drive to Atos and be like, holy shit, I love it still? This is awesome. Or are you going to be like, gosh, dang it, man. I just don't have the, I don't have the spirit. I don't have the drive. I've lost it. If you're going to take that part of me away, not saying that somebody's trying to take it away, but if you're going to say that I can't compete anymore and I've made my mind up that I'm out of that game, I'm never going to sign up for the Pan Ams again. Are you still going to be able to go deliver this message with this, all the passion and love that you do today? Yes. You really think so? Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Even if I'm, if I, if I'm not competing because, you know, honestly, I, I now I'm experiencing just because I have so many different levels of belts now and people competing, I experience even more joy. Like I try not to get emotional more joy when they succeed than when I succeed. And so that's like a sign of uh, even me not competing, like makes me almost love the sport even so have more. You, have you felt guilty at all in the last two years, Kelly, of that your business wasn't getting this, this Kelly right here? Has it crossed yes. your mind that, that is this why, because I'm, again, I'm reading into something. I, I always do this <laughs> because I, because I'm very interested in, in who you are and I wouldn't have you in here if I wasn't, but it seems to me like this transition in your, in your emotional state right now is you're, you're giving up revenue stream of mm -hmm. people that are in there to become a master in their skill of MMA. Let's take Zach Rubo and his dad, for example, Zach's fourth degree black belt in MMA. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever going to be able to go into Parati school anymore and get that. You're yeah. done with MMA. So is that telling me something like you feel like you haven't been giving 
this respected art of jujitsu, the attention and your students in that realm and that discipline, the attention that it deserves. And that's why you're doing this. And is it also because your emotion is, is coming from like, look, jujitsu is my life and I have not been giving it the nurturing that it deserves. Um, I think if I look at it from, you know, uh, the emotional side and then also the professional side, you know, I have two programs that are running at the same time. I'm definitely somebody that likes to give my all. And right now, you know, I've been running for six years going on seven and I have been 50% over here and 50% over here. And so they're both just stagnant and they're stifling each other's growth because I'm only one person. And so for me, I thought I could do both. I thought I could make it happen. But when I'm teaching the jujitsu and I'm watching these people teach the martial arts class over there, I feel bad that I'm not over there. And when I'm in the martial arts class and the jujitsu class is going on, I'm feeling bad that I'm not over there. Then I'm just feeling bad when I'm at work. <laughs> like, you know, and so it becomes hard. And then I have a business that's just paying the bills. It's not making any money. And so for me, you know, you learn those sayings of the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again. So I've literally just been insane and putting my head in the ground and <laughs> hoping that people are going to walk in the door, hoping that the bills are going to get paid. And, and I'm just keeping doing the same thing. And I don't feel like I was ever truly able to make the martial arts what it should have been. Um, you know, I've ran a successful martial arts gym before, you know, you know, I've done it. I've turned it from 140 kids to 700 kids. Uh, but I know what that takes to make it that way. So you and I'm not my I can't do that, you know, and then I have jujitsu. But you're ready to do it now. I'm ready to do it in now. jujitsu in jujitsu. And when you get to 700 kids at Atos or let's say 500 <laughs> kids, it's not going to lose its authenticity. It's not going to become generic when there's that no. many kids coming through the door. No, you're not going to have instructors in there that aren't qualified. 350. I would be so happy. And you're going to have enough instructor, that. qualified instructors in there that are going to be able to take. I have enough qualified instructors now to handle that number. Really? Yeah. So now the, now the sky's the limit. Now it's time to take this passion to be vulnerable, start to cry, know that you have not been given this business the, the attention of Well, so am I. And <laughs> crying's good. Um, but you're admitting that the business is is going to go to the next level now because you're ready to put everything behind it. There's still going to be some competition over here, but there's not going to be any more MMA. You're ready to give this business of jiu-jitsu, the yeah. business of jiu-jitsu, the, the respect that it deserves. It took vulnerability to get there. You had I to did. be vulnerable to your classes, your instructors, the parents. There's a lot of pissed off people, I bet. Like, I was mad. I was like, shit, what are you talking about? I just got <laughs> here. And I'm thankful for jujitsu now. And then I'm thankful. And I'm very thankful and thanking God that Alyssa enjoyed it yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was really scared of like, man, we might not come back if she says she's not into jujitsu. Might have mm -hmm. to go find another MMA or Taekwondo or yep. Judo or Karate Gym or something. I know. And, and that, that was the hardest part. I mean, I've been thinking about it for well over a year and, you know, not wanting to disappoint anybody, uh, you know, hoping that people would transition from the martial arts to the jujitsu, but knowing that I was going to, I'm going to lose a handful of people. Um, but, you know, I, if I look at it from a business standpoint, which I don't really ever do, that's probably my downfall is, is that I am always looking at it, um, 
with my heart. Yeah, but don't take, don't lose that. Don't lose <laughs> No, that. I know. Don't but lose that. the other side is, is like all of those people that I have to, I have to look at it like this is for me and for my life and all of the things that I'm doing, you know, I'm running a martial arts program. I'm running a jujitsu program. I'm also doing motivational speaking that's jumped into my life uh, that keeps me busy as well. I have a husband. I have two stepdaughters. You know, I have a lot on my plate. I can't do it all and be successful at all of them. I have to make a choice. And, and uh, you know, it was just something that I had to do. All of those people, all of the students that come to my gym, we're all a family. Everybody really does get to know each other and love each other. But I know that if those people had a financial problem in their life or they had a shift in, in their schedule or something, they would have no hesitation to walk in and cancel their $135 membership, you know, and they would have to do that for them because that's what is right for them and their family. You know, right now for me, what's right for me and my family is to take a risk and run with the jujitsu program. And, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That's if you owe it to yourself, your family, your husband, your stepdaughters, if you owe it to the discipline of jujitsu, then it was an easy decision. Yeah. It, it might've taken a while to make it, yeah. but it was a no brainer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now people are going to get hurt. People yes. don't like being told things once in a while, but in the long run, and some people lately in my talks, and I do a lot of motivational speaking and corporate speaking engagements and stuff. And I always say, in my opinion, Everything in life happens for a reason. And then I get, I get a lot of pushback on that lately yes. from entrepreneurs, from CEOs. I've been doing a lot of this stuff at, at like, uh, business schools and business master programs. I'm a living about, example of that. About the entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit and all of that. And I get a lot of pushback about everything in life happens for a reason, but I still am going down this road and focusing on things happened in my life in the last 10 years or five years, whatever it is. And they've gotten me to where I'm at and things are going to continue to happen for a reason. And it, that is part of my vulnerability and my ability to get past things in life and accept them and just say, you know what, if it wasn't meant to be, and it was meant to go this route, then just roll with it. I've done everything in my power to do what I thought was right. And obviously things are happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that, whether it's karma or whether it's predictability or whatever it is mm -hmm. of being able to see the future or have deja vu mm -hmm. or be able to be like, man, I haven't heard from so-and-so in so long. And then the phone rings and you're mm -hmm. like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Oh yeah. But it just seems like this mindset of everything happening for a reason and you doing what you did is for the good of everything you just named. And at the top of that ladder, it's good for jujitsu. Because if you're going to apply yourself to something and take the responsibility of taking my money to go to your school and bring my daughter in there, whoever it is, or refer you to friends, then you have a responsibility to deliver jujitsu in the way that it was meant to be delivered, not to pull the wool over our eyes, not to feed us a bunch of bullshit, not to just take our money and get us in and out of there like a sweatshop. Mm -hmm. If you're talking 350 kids, all 350 of those students are not kids, but students have to get the full Kelly Parati experience of what Brazilian jujitsu in the Atos format truly is. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge responsibility, business, yes. entrepreneurial spirit of America, the CEO mentality, the about the ability and the art of negotiation, 
jujitsu is the art of negotiation. You do this, I'm countering with this. That's mm-hmm. negotiation. That's the art of sitting across the table and be able to strike and ink a deal. Do you have the ability to do it? Very, very few people do. But through vulnerability and being able to admit, man, I was losing my mind. I was going home and I was, you know, just teeter tottering back and forth there. That ain't worth living like that. Something's going to give and something's going to lose. Something's going to fall apart. Everything was everything probably (laughs) would fall apart. And it's good to show that vulnerability and say, hey, it's time. Now it's time to get the word out there and figure out how to grow this business and use your passion, your love, your spirit. It might take is it a business manager? Is it an investor? Is it, is it a bigger team? Who knows what's going to come your way, Mm -hmm. but by being vulnerable and knowing that you're doing things for the right reason. And that's where I was going when you said that comment about, you know, there, my business is just, I have the biggest heart. My business is just paying the bills. Well, just keep doing business because you love it, but just, we make smarter decisions to see the revenue grow and to see the profit margins grow. And then all of a sudden, all of that commitment, all that vulnerability, all of those tears, all of those, those days and nights of sleepless nights of painting walls and, and doing spreadsheets and (laughs) P and L reports and everything like that. People don't understand what it takes to grow a business. They just see you at your finest. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what it does to pull you apart. So I don't, I say you don't lose that, but yeah, there's going to be, I can there's going to be better decisions. Because of my love for the sport. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's great. And I think that you owe it to the sport. And I don't know if it is a sport. I really don't know if I'm, I don't know if I said that or if you're saying that. Yeah. Is it it's a sport? It's definitely a sport. Jiu-jitsu is a sport. Yeah. So the sport of jiu-jitsu deserves your full attention and it wasn't getting it. Your family deserves your full attention and it wasn't getting it because a lot of things were missing. I don't know if I really need this MMA. Who cares if it's gone? You did what you had to do and you did it the right way. You were transparent and honest with everybody. It's all about the maturing process in life. And that's where I was at in the gym yesterday. I was like, man, I wonder if I'm mature enough to take on a discipline that deserves my utmost attention and not a half-ass approach to it. And I think that uh, in life, I'm going down a rabbit hole here because it's like when you started crying, I was like, why are you, why are you getting so emotional over something that's just karate? I mean, that's, (laughs) that's how some people would look at it. It's not, it's, that's what's so special about life and business and spirit and passion and dedication and sacrifice. When you start to live by those terms and though, and really not just going through the motions, then fulfillment starts to show its head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I'm not, I don't need to be rich. I mean, I could literally do whatever I wanted in life if I put my mind to it. That's the whole approach that I've ever had. And if you, if you have a nine year old girl that has the ability to go through bad positioning or bad experiences in life, it's so much better to know that she's going to be prepared for that or your son or your nephew or your daughter, whoever it is by knowing that fulfillment is there. Fulfillment is a possibility. It doesn't mean that you need to be loaded rich. It doesn't mean that you need to have a yacht. It's nice to go on a yacht. If you saw one, they're cool, but they get old too. Everything in life is relative. It's like, what is really the fulfillment? And that's what I've always looked at is like, what well, fulfills me and I, I, what, what fulfills me? And what is it, your purpose? Yeah. And what I saw yesterday when I got in my truck with my daughter was what fulfills me, me having the lifestyle that I have built with the team and all these people of the ability to go to a class and afford that class and sit in there and watch it and then drive her home and hear what it meant to her. That's fulfillment. That's what you're, that's what you strive for in life. In my opinion, not 
multi-million dollar contracts. If they come, they come because you're going after fulfillment. They come because you're going after things for the right reasons, with the right ways, with the right ethics, and not stepping on somebody's head or being lowball or whatever it is, or being unethical. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff will catch up with you. I, I really think that jujitsu has so many of those messages of life it and really entrepreneurial does. spirit and the CEO mentality and the art of negotiation. That's what I've been picking up on in the gym. Whether or not you ever came to me and said, hey, it'd be cool to sit down and, and talk about business. I have learned a lot about business by being in conviction, which is a really cool thing. And that's why that's why I what the whole the whole talk today was going to be about Cowboy Cerrone and John. <laughs> it really was. I was going to talk I'm to you. Glad it was. I know, but I was going to talk to you about fighters in the fight game and and why the hell did he get his ass kicked so easily by <laughs> Connor? And why did John no Jones comment. let that guy take him to the fifth round the other night? You know, I was going to have an MMA conversation about you, but I saw more of it after I left the gym yesterday. So I think it's badass what you're doing. I think that more people need to know your story and know not just yours. There's you a lot. saw Alyssa's red cheeks and big yeah. smile. And that's what, face. and that's what really strived me today. I'm like, I, I want to, you saw how lost I was in the beginning of this conversation mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, I got Scott Chalene that was in here. And then Joey Gilbert came in here and we're talking about fighting and, and we're, and I want to go down the same rabbit hole with Kelly Parati cause she knows all these fighters. And I'm like, no, I'm not going down. it. So you saw my confusion yeah. at the beginning cause I was fighting mm-hmm. myself to go here. And I did because it, 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 it I think it's way more fulfilling than just knowing what your opinion is on Conor McGregor or Cowboy Cerrone, <laughs> which I do respect your opinion on those guys. And I'm really into their careers and everything, but I'm glad that you, that we talked about it. And I think it's cool that you're going to apply this to take jujitsu in the Reno, Nevada, Northern Nevada, wherever you take it, maybe there'll be a whole slew of, of, um, franchises of the Parati Atos <laughs> program someday. I don't know. You got any you closing, any closing words, Kelly Parati? You know, I think for me, especially just kind of how we were talking about, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, uh, I, I'm like a living example of that. You know, any, any, you know, struggle that I've had in life, you know, just, you know, it's the age old saying you fall down nine times, you get up 10. And, you know, I think for me in martial arts or jujitsu has, has given me the ability to do that. And then also recognizing your weaknesses and, and strengths and improving on those. And so for me now making this choice was probably one of the hardest things that I've, I've ever done, you know, um, because I normally don't make a, a business decision. I normally go off of, you know, pleasing others and, Right now, I'm having to make a choice to do what's right for me and for the business. And with that, I'm following my passion in my heart, and that is jujitsu. And I truly do believe that jujitsu is the future of martial arts in America. I believe that that's where people are leaning. I feel like that's where people are wanting to go. Uh, and it's just getting the knowledge of jujitsu out there and creating a program for people to come in and feel comfortable day one, you know, come in, roll around with somebody and actually feel comfortable day one and keep coming back and learning. And then once they get that jujitsu bug, it makes it really hard to stop. I love it. I'm bald. Can I wear my hat in jujitsu? Cause I don't like doing anything without my hat on. <laughs> 
sounds like it sounds like Kenny's best friend. I'm no, just being, I just got real vulnerable with Matt Pandola yesterday, about <laughs> or day before, whenever I just had a podcast with. I've had so many podcasts with Matt. Um, I, I can't come. I got to wear a beanie or something. I'm not going to let people see me bald. This, see, see how fr- effed up life is. Like, I'm really worried but about see, that. see, all of a sudden, what's going to happen is you're going to come into jujitsu. You're going to realize, man, I can't wear my hat. keeps falling off. Or I can't wear a do-rag. I'll put that a chin strap on. Off, I'll put a right? chin strap on. <laughs> but then all on. of a sudden, you're going to come in bald, and everybody's going to love you, and they're just going to know you for Chad, and they're not going to care. And Ugh. then all of a sudden, you're going to go around life, and you're going to be like, you know what? I don't need to wear a hat anymore. That might be a good, good, good start to my jujitsu career is confidence. <laughs> in you see Irvine, March 21st. Yes. Pan Am Games. Let's but keep our as, fingers crossed. As we were talking. No, it got canceled. It just got canceled. They're, re- they're rescheduling the Pan American Championships. Oh, gosh. That's just like one of those deals. Like... You got to keep training. You got to keep your eye this on the is, prize. This is a word. I'm just, my phone was blowing up as we're sitting here. And so that was one of the texts that I just got. Well, just so everything happens for a reason. That's right. You were going to go down there. You're we gonna were roll all going to go down there. We're going to do spring break with the girls, Newport Beach, Some, but we're still, we're still going to do it. So one of you were getting the coronavirus and now you're not going to because <laughs> you're not going. I mean, this whole deal with, you know, like Trump is going to. Run for re-election, so we got to come up with something that's going to mess up. I'm just exactly. I'm not exactly. going down that let's, rabbit hole either. I'll Th- do it with you. <laughs> uh, less than 300 cases or something, 400 cases in America, 22 deaths, and they're making it sound like it's the end of the world. I'm not, I don't it's, get it. It's super frustrating. I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> that's why I wish the, the that name of the new business. The name Atos the new, Jiu-Jitsu Reno. Atos, A-T-O-S, Jiu-Jitsu Reno. Yes. So I am an, an official affiliate under... Uh, Andre Galval. I was actually one of the only female uh, affiliates under Andre Galval. Um, but I was also only one of the only gyms that did two programs, <laughs> martial arts and jujitsu. So when I called, uh, actually Angelica, I was talking to Angelica, Andre's wife. Uh, and when I told them that I was making the decision to go jujitsu and they were like, Kelly, this is the best news. This is you know, jiu-jitsu I think is it's gonna, I think it's going to be awesome. They're super really, excited. I think it's so. going to make you stronger, and I think it's going to take a, lot, a big burden off your shoulders. It's been riding on you for a minute. Yes, I think. I well, how do people find you on Instagram? At Kelly Parati BJJ. Yes. Look at my memory. At Kelly K E L L E Y P E R O T T I B J J and Instagram. Atos Jiu-Jitsu of Reno. Yes. Is the new business. You can learn more about jiu-jitsu in any city in America, I'm sure. But check out the Atos program and what they're offering. Is Atos across the country already? Or is yeah, it, is all it, across. It's all across international. Country. International, A-T-O-S. And it's kind of... Headquarters is San Diego, California. They broke off of the Gracies and started their own. No. So Atos was, was started from uh, Andre Galval, Ramon Lemos, and uh, Guillen Hoffa Mendez. Uh, that, that's a whole other podcast. That's though, a because, whole other round. Yeah, hole. Art of Jiu Jitsu just broke off. That was Gi and Hoffa. This episode we'll of This Life Aid for Everybody was brought to everybody by our friends in Utah at Mountain Ops. For the best supplements for all of your fitness and nutrition needs, check out Mountain Ops, MTNOPS.com. You can find them on Instagram at Mountain Ops. The Harbitson family, thank you guys so much for everything that you do for our TV shows, our podcasts, our live events, and our social media. We have so many friends, partners, and sponsors. Please support the ones that support us. Please leave us a rating and review 
on all of the episodes of This Life Ain't For Everybody, plus our sister podcast, The Foul Life. Plus, we are getting to introduce four brand new podcasts with four brand new different hosts coming out of This Life Ain't For Everybody studios in the next 30 days. Thank you all so much for the support. Check us out at thefowllife.com, banded.com, and thislifeaintforeverybody.com. And don't forget to check out the brand new duck calls, including the chit chat at jargongamecalls.com. We appreciate the humbling support that you all have given us over the last year since we launched Jargon. We have no plans on stopping anytime soon. Tom Rashashin, hit that button. This is my good friend. His new album, which has this song on it, is now available on all of your musical platforms, including iTunes. The album is called Taking on Water. This is Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Haas. The song is called What You Gonna Do When the Money's All Gone. Thank you all so much. Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?